0: Well, I'm welcome to episode three hundred and seventy-two of the Award winning podcast. How so you going, to Freak? I'm your Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at Andrew RLP, and join me as always is the glorious League Freak. You can also find me on Twitter at League Freak. How are you going there, mate? Going very well, Andrew. Uh, how have you been? Not too bad. I just want to uh, exclusive. I just dropped my guts. Oh Jesus! Good thing That's the windows open. And here on the bloody podcast. Oh. Did you hear a few weeks ago they were talking about uh, over in Japan they made these scratch and sniff TVs. No, was it scratch and sniff? I oh, know it was TVs you could taste. So people are going to go around licking their TV screens. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I'm just I'm just getting the you know, set up for the uh, the podcast that you can smell. It's going to be interesting uh, having a, one of those TVs you can taste. Like, yeah. it's uh, you could how really many have... um, How many? Obese Americans are going to start eating TVs when they're watching the hot dog eating contest. That's a good point. You could. uh it makes showing a friend two
1: girls one cup really different, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs>
0: that really does. It really does. Um. So what's been going on in the waters? Rugby league news. Well, first of all, I think we should
1: talk about what's going on in Tonga because they had that amazing explosion explosion from that volcano which i'm oh, yeah. sure we all saw. underwater
0: volcano hey was it an underwater volcano i believe
1: like? i believe it was uh mm. and it was seen via satellite and it was actually recorded uh in a change in air pressure in like auckland i even saw somebody in canberra say that they picked up an air pressure change from it in um with their backyard Uh, barometer I guess it would be so the people of Tonga are having to deal with that they had a tsunami that come in after that as well I think the tsunami also hit Fiji and just you know it was just tragic to see that all happening Um, my understanding is that there have been no official fatalities from the the volcano going off but obviously they're going to need a fair bit of help and uh, hopefully all of the governments in the region are are helping them out, even right now, you know. But uh, I saw a little bit of talk online that maybe Australia should play a test match against Tonga, and all of the proceeds go to helping the Tongan people. That's Um, a brilliant idea. Yeah, I think that would be really cool because, you know, it'd, it'd get International Rugby League, you know, back on track again, and two best teams in the world playing one another, and, like, I don't care when they play it. Play it in round four, midweek. You know, take all the players out of the club teams. Just get it played. You know, I think it would be
0: fantastic. They could have one in the preseason instead of, you know, some of the other games they got there. Yeah. Put a yeah. test match on in the preseason. Have another one, you know, before Origin starts, another one at the end of the year. Have three tests. Yeah. Think of the cash you could bring in. Yeah, and just uh, just make it happen, you know. Yeah.
1: It's, rugby League has got an opportunity to help out in a little bit, you know, yeah. and it would be a good thing to do, I think.
0: Absolutely. I was thinking you could have New Zealand play Fiji as well. Yeah. At a similar yeah. time. Make them all double-headers, you know? Yeah, that would be great. I reckon that would be a fantastic idea. But, uh, but yeah, seeing that,
1: seeing the footage of that, I just – you know, there's sometimes you see things – it's like when we saw the tsunamis that hit Japan and I remember growing up and you would read about tsunamis and no one really had proper footage of one. And then we saw them hit Japan after uh, they had that massive earthquake and it was like, oh man, this is, this is that thing that people had talked about for so long yeah. and so, seeing the footage of that volcano was just the same sort of thing. It was like horrifying. Brutal. Yeah.
0: Absolutely brutal. Um, uh- um, so, yeah, best wishes to all the people out there. Hopefully there are no, uh, there is no loss of life out there. That would be an absolutely uh, amazing feat if that does happen. Um, mm-hmm. Let's hope that happens. Very true.
1: Now, there's been a little bit of news from over in the UK as well. Oh. Well, you know how we've got the Rugby Football League. We talked about this on the last podcast. You've got the Rugby Football League and then mm-hmm. you've got Super League as well. And mm-hmm. they've been talking about, you know, merging again and back and forth. And they've done this for forever. And I said to you, I'm bored of the conversation because it never goes anywhere. Well, we've had movement. No. has it gone somewhere? We have. Oh, well, well, because there's confusion with commercial partners in mm-hmm. terms of having the Rugby Football League and then Super League. Yeah. And like, who do you go to? Who's in charge? That sort of thing.
0: Whose letterhead are we using?
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They've done the only thing that they really could do. They've made a third entity. I was gonna say, did they make a third entity? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the new third entity oh will God. control and sell the commercial assets
0: of Rugby. Oh, what a waste of money. No, it's not a waste
1: of money. See, this is this is where you're not looking at it from an English administrator's point of view. See, everyone gets to keep their jobs, okay. And, and everyone, then you create
0: other jobs, which then you've got to pay salaries for.
1: Yes. Everyone gets money. It's fantastic. Except for, you know, junior development and, you know, players and stuff like that. Players
0: outside the top three four teams.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, they, they don't get money. But the administrators, there's actually more of them now. So that's really good news for English Rugby League. Because if there's one thing English Rugby League doesn't have enough of, it's administrators. <laughs> Committees.
0: Yeah, it's starting yeah. to sound more and more like um, Australian Rugby Union ranks at the start of the twentieth uh, century. L- yeah, lots of officials earning big, big coin, and all the players are sitting there busting their backsides getting fuck all.
1: Yeah, but uh, so that's going to really make everything really streamlined having come three circle. different administrations to deal with. And of course, if you're a you know the person that was dealing with money, and you say who's in charge, and no one's in charge.
0: So who's the highest ruling body out of the three? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then
1: on top of that, they want to try and sell off part of this new entity to a private ownership group who would then own like say a third or a half. So of six, th- six staff in the new entity. Yeah. Yeah. But here's the thing, right? This <laughs> oh is it, so dumb. Like, I can't believe this, they thought this was a smart idea. It's so dumb. It just say you buy one third of the new entity. You don't mm-hmm. actually buy a third of that, right? Because at the end of the day, if the Rugby Football League or Super League decide against something, there's nothing you can do about it.
0: It holds like, no water. Yeah. So why would you buy into it? So the first thing you do is if you've got if you've got the coin and the lack of um intellectual mass to go, you know what I'm going to spend my money on this fucking three headed serpent <laughs> It's a very dead serpent mm. and you say right first thing I'm going to do is say right before I give you a cent and I will give you at least a cent, let's be clear on this: I don't want three different bodies no, I don't want two different bodies, I want one. One governing body running all of rugby league in England, and then i'll talk I'll talk money with that one sole entity I don't want any other committees they've got to start streamlining this shit You're not going to sit there and fix all of the woes in English rugby league, much of them related to finances if all you keep doing is creating more and more administration and more and more committees and more and more competition you know management you know, units and boards and stuff like this. It's over managed. Yeah. And for what? There's no, there's no results anywhere. All it is, is getting more and more obscure every year in England. Yeah. It's I'm, becoming a sport
1: that's, uh, you know, it, it's the players are carrying it. Yeah. And like, it's, it's a little town sport that, you know, it's a, it's
0: become an oddity. In, yeah. in British sport. And we've shown them down here that it is much more than a little town sport. Mm. Papua New Guinea has shown that it can be a national sport. Mm-hmm. What the fuck are they doing over there? Unbelievable. So long as, you know, three or four blokes are getting big payment out of it and just ripping the guts out of everything else, I suppose that's all they want. And that, that attitude's got to go. Well, these you know what are they need? They need Mick Potter running the RFL because he'll do it for nothing. (laughs) Well, the the thing about it is that,
1: you know, we've seen players who haven't been paid by clubs over there. We've seen clubs going to administration all the time and so many, you know, people that have been owed money. And the the governing body and the administrators, they never lose a cent. They never go without a pay packet. Always paid first. Yeah, and now we're going to have like... I mean, I guess we're going to have three different chief executive officers or chairman or whatever they are going to call them. And it just makes no sense. I mean, if you've got this new governing body that has control over the financial interests of the game, then obviously you don't need those people at the Rugby Football League and Super League level. But 100%, they will keep their jobs. Oh, yeah.
0: And are they running the finances of both Super League and the RFL or just of the Super League or just of the RFL? Well they're supposed to be running all like all of their commercial interests. So why not just merge the
1: two together? Why just do the finance side? This is fucking stupid. Because you know why it is? Because you get two CEOs in a room and they say, they say there's one job available. I don't want to lose my job. You don't want to lose your job. Let's just get another job. And they'll yeah. give it to some friend. It'll be you know what it'll be? It'll be some old former like, third division soccer club's chairman who comes in and they'll say, oh, he did really well with fucking, you know, whatever park, you know, and watch how he goes and he'll just be as useless as ever. Remember when they brought in a guy from tennis and they're like, oh, he's done so well with the tennis. (laughs) Fuck it. There's always some fucking guy that comes in that's got this huge reputation, supposedly, and just is terrible. And, uh, like... You know, English fans know it's a a lost cause at this point.
0: Yeah, they need genuine leadership. Yeah. At at the absolute top. And they need to get all their competitions and all their teams and all their players all with the same shoulders on the same wheel going in the same fucking direction. Because at the moment, the management are all getting, they're going one way and the players are all just, they're carrying the game like never before. Yeah. And, and who's in charge? Who's in charge of it all? Like That's the thing. It's so much of it is every man for himself. And that is yeah. not the way to run a sporting organisation. No, not at all. Let alone a competition. It's self-serving by these English administrators.
1: Uh, they should all be ashamed of themselves. And if the clubs weren't so self-serving, they they would... <coughs> sorry. Well, they look, would... I was, I was
0: going to say look, the, <coughs> what they should be doing is, right, if, if they're all... <laughs> There's no way known that they need to have a separate division purely for the final. If the NRL, mm. earning so much more money than what the Super League does, can do it all with one committee. Yeah. Why the fuck does Super League need three? Makes no sense at all. I. It's baffling. And this is another reason why England needs to get themselves a players union. Stand up against this rubbish. Yeah, Because that's money that should be going to players, to grassroots footy, as you said, to helping stop clubs from folding, especially in the lower divisions. Yeah. You know, simple things like this. It's all the best thing for a sporting organization and for a sporting competition is stability. And it's easy to market stability to a TV network because they know yeah. what they're going to get. They know yeah. what they have got to sell to. They know where to sell it to. If you're going to have this, you know, fucking wishy-washy crap and you don't know who's playing what competition every every separate year, of course TV networks are going to say, you know, we're not too sure. Especially yeah. when it's a, a competition that's been on its ass for the best part of 30 years. But not only that, you've got current administrators who
1: are in place right now who have overseen the game losing revenue. <coughs> and, oh,
0: you, you sound emotional.
1: <coughs>
0: <coughs> He's very emotional. As we know, Freaky does love his uh, English rugby league. He's getting Especially emotional. Especially St. Helens. Yeah. <laughs> getting very emotional at the moment. But yeah, no, that, that's nuts. That's nuts. It really is. Um, did you need to have a bit more whiskey <laughs> or something?
1: Yeah, let's have a break. I don't know yeah. why I'm coughing all of a sudden, eh? That's okay.
0: You know what? I'll ramble on for a little bit while you get your shit sorted out. Ramble because... on about what? Well... The only bit of news that I've heard during the uh during the week is that Mm -hmm. the West Tigers have signed a young yeah and pretty damn good that's two ticks um (laughs) centre, which is a bit confusing. Um so the Tigers had two centers last year. Um the prominent ones who they barely played were James Roberts and Joey Lolua, both who are, are you know gone. Um They've brought in Oliver Gildart. They've got a bunch of other young blokes as well that are there as well. They're pretty well set for centers. Now, the other problem they had is they brought in Jackson Hastings and they've decided to put all of their eggs in the Luke Brooks basket. Eventually, he's going to come good in their mind, which means Hastings and Brooks are going to be the halves. That's pretty much settled, which means Adam Dewey, arguably the Tigers' best player of the last two years, would have to move to center. Well, was after signing Oliver Gildart and now Stafford Toa from the Knights, who's a very very good centre and an NRL quality centre, where the hell are they going to put Adam Dewey? And if they're not going to put him at centre, and they're going to put, or if they're going to put him at centre, where are they going to put Toa? Like, Why would you find? Why would you sign a young NRL quality centre? Are you going to put a centre on the bench? It, it makes this is the problem with the West Tigers. And mm. I've said it many times before, and I won't drone on and on about it, but they will make signings before they really, you know, try and figure out what they actually need. And what they don't need right now are more players competing for the exactly the same positions that Adam Dewey plays in because Dewey is your, he's one of your top three players. You need to put him in the position he's very, very good at and yeah. build around that. And what they're doing at the moment is they're building the team completely unaware of the fact that Adam Dewey is one of their best three players and still at the club. And so they've now got to try and either move people into positions where they're weaker in to accommodate Dewey Mm. or make Dewey play in a position and make him try and accommodate the rest of the team at the expense of himself and the rest of the team. Neither of this is a workable solution or intelligent. No. But at the same time, like. It all comes down to they didn't need to sign Gildart, and I said it all along. And now signing Towa proves that even more. They could have just had Stafford Towa and Adam Dewey in the centres. It's fine. But you've gone and put all this money in Oliver Gildart. He's coming over. You're not going to put him in Reggie's the whole year because you pay him, I assume, decent coin. It's the West Tigers, so of course they are. <laughs> so now you've got three centres or two five eights.
1: And yeah, you're not guess... going to move him
0: to fullback. You've got a you've got one of the best young fullbacks in the game there. Yeah, That's, I I don't understand. It's so stupid. What, what if they put Gildart in the back row? Maybe I don't think he's built for it. Well, I'll, I'll say this, game. I think Gildart is a very good line runner, so mm-hmm. he could he could work it. But I think at the NRL level, the only way someone with a a small frame. Um can make it as a back rower is if they're rangy and tall and they're absolutely just maniacal about the lines they run, which means that you've got to be basically be Luke Lewis or Liam Fulton to a lesser degree. And there's not too many players that are that committed to get themselves completely caned in a, you know, they're not in a huge bulky frame. They've got more of a rangy sort of body. Um, I think Gildart would need to bulk up a bit. And I think if he does that, he loses his agility and especially his line speed, which are two good aspects of what he has. So I think he's kind of one of those blokes who um, he's just an out and out center. Yeah. And I don't know, you could could get into the size to be a center, uh, sorry, a second row in the NRL. I know a lot of the players that are over in the super league will play um, center and in the back row. That happens a lot. But I'm not. I'm just going to check. I don't think Gildar's done much of that. It just smacks of a team that's... He's never played in the forwards. He's played oh, four games on the wing, 138 at centre, and two on the bench. There you go. Like, I don't know. It just smacks of a team that's just
1: grabbing talent when it can. And look, there is some merit to that. But, that's what
0: I've uh, always done. But, you know, yeah, no, new era. Yeah,
1: that's the thing. It's like there's never been an underlying plan at the West okay. Tigers there ever.
0: Oliver Gildart, six foot tall, eighty five kilos.
1: Well, he's—I'm one kilo heavier than him. Yeah, you know, he's not going to—he won't. If he really is eighty five kilos,
0: he's not going to be able to play in the forwards in the NRL. No, and that's his problem. Is he's, <coughs> he's—he does have good line speed. He is good agility-wise, left and right. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. But yeah, he can't. You can't move him to the forwards. And we've even seen, like, you look at someone like
1: Victor Radley, who's crazy. And yeah. yet, be, being a, a more slight player, Victor Radley's a lot bigger than that. He, he gets smashed
0: up in the forwards.
1: You well, know, like there's Radley, a few
0: players like that. is at least, you know, nearly 95 kilos. Yeah. He's got a bit, of, a bit of size about him. But he's, I mean, it's not that much more, obviously, but it's enough. Yeah. 85 is pretty small for a rugby league player, yeah. be it Super League or NRL.
1: Yeah, it really that is. slight.
0: There would be, I mean, how many players in
1: the whole NRL would you think would be, you know, smaller than 85
0: kilos? There wouldn't be many. It would be a handful. Yeah, not many in today's game. I mean, Luke Brooks is 88 kilos. Yeah, exactly. And he's a small player for the yeah. NRL. That's right. Well, he he's, looks like... Uh, couldn't what I'm looking at here? He's about the same height as Gildart. Yeah, he's three kilos heavier than him. You know who would be um who would be
1: slighter than that? Would be uh, Preston Campbell's son, Jaden Campbell.
0: Oh yeah, he would a, be. There's nothing to him. Um, um, just, Preston wasn't was too uh, big himself, obviously. Yeah. I uh, don't know Jaden's weight. Oh here you go seventy eight kilos, yeah, there we go,
1: I mean, and look, that's not that much
0: lighter, but he than is Gildart. three centimetres taller than Gilda,
1: yeah, yeah, and you can tell he's gonna he's gonna fill out and look, he's a teenager, you know yeah. he's, he's he's got ground to do um man, who else would there be? It's
0: just not that many of them that are that that <sighs> slight that's it's uh I, even to be a center. Even you know, even to be a centre, he's going to have to put on, um, four or five kilos. Yeah,
1: especially with the way NRL centres are right now, they're you've got to be able to defend like a second rower. Yeah, they're either that second rower build, especially under this current regime of Volandis Ball. You you want a big uh, a big centre, or they're someone like a Stephen Crichton, who's like, you know,
0: this ridiculous super athlete. You know, yeah. That's it's crazy, so I, I don't know what their plan is. We'll wait and see. Yeah, we'll we'll smash a few teams in the trials and everything will be fine. <laughs> yeah, but well, it's a new era. It's That's The fun. new era
1: is going back to basics, and that is having the smallest team in the NRL. Yeah, it used to be small forwards, now we've got small backs. Yeah, remember when they had just like all those small forwards? It did work for 18 months. Yeah, they got but us I, a premiership.
0: Yeah, yeah. They went eight and it for the, uh, eight and a half years, but it worked for 18 months. That's right. Well, you know, if it works once, Control-C, Control-V, that shit. <laughs> Hard. Well, Every year. It'll work again, trust me. <sighs> so that, that's, that's the only news I knew of during the week. Yeah. Now, there was an article that caught my eye earlier mm-hmm.
1: this week. <sighs> Man. And it was that... Uh, ex-NRL player Craig Field was released from jail a little bit early uh, from his manslaughter charge. And I remember when the news happened, he was released on January the 3rd. He served eight years of a 10-year sentence for manslaughter. And he he was able to go straight to the media and get a positive PR piece done about him. And I just... I couldn't believe it. And look, <clears throat> this isn't about Craig field, really. It's Craig field is Craig field. You know, it's what is what are you going to say about him? Just look at his record. But the fact that anybody would say, yeah, I'll write that story is what shocked me. And I, I just couldn't believe that anybody would, would, go with that angle. It just yeah. shocked me that anyone would.
0: Um, Surely that That's the sort of story you just go, you know what? We don't need to tell that one. Let's just leave that one quiet. Yeah. But no. Yeah. There was and, a, and a straight away, straight into a redemption story. Yeah, crazy. Um, uh-huh. Now, there's a
1: quote here from, from Craig Field, which I just, I can't believe it, right? Mm-hmm. He says, if I can help kids in any way that have had troubled pasts, or are on the road in their lives where they need some guidance. I would like to grab them and tell them that they don't want to go where I went because it's not a good place. So, like, he's trying to get a job. <laughs> Teaching youngsters how to behave. He's 50. He doesn't know how to behave himself.
0: Yeah. And look, there's... Pretty sure Craigfield was... Was he one of the two or three West Tigers players who was basically suspended for cocaine use or alleged cocaine use? Allegedly, didn't wasn't the thing that somebody put a pill of it into their drink and their something, drink had been something spiked? Like that. Yeah, I know that Kevin McGuinness was the other one, and he busted his backside doing a ton of community work, and the West Tigers in the NRL allowed him back early, mm-hmm. but Field just did his time. Um, now yeah, there's another story that was, uh, like when Field left the NRL and he went to, I'm pretty sure he went to Group Nine, mm. which is the Riverina area. Um, he's, there's a story which came out of an alleged crime that he was involved in there where he plotted a fake robbery where he was allegedly held up, but it was actually by someone who he knew and he set the whole thing up. Oh, really? This is the alleged crime and he you know handed over money or poker machine keys or something like that. I heard <laughs> different versions of the story before it went to the media <laughs> from people I know that live out there. Um but I don't think I don't I don't know what happened with the story there, but I do know that shortly after that he left that area and went up to the New South Wales northern suburb somewhere. And he was up there for a while before coming back down. Was it Newcastle Way when he had his um incident mm-hmm. that threw him get... I don't think... you can, you can mm-hmm. hear a, a bloke who was a farmer from Tamworth, I think.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, you know.
0: And uh the the farm poor bloke um, passed away from the from the blow. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, Phil got ten years manslaughter for that. He then said something about how he was standing up for a mate or something like that. But you know what? I don't. I, I don't see any reason why you would need to bash someone with a king hit, because um, that's allegedly what happened. Well, the court looked at it and said, "You're going to jail." You know?
1: yeah. It seemed um, to be a pretty cut and dry case. Yeah, he said. Craigfield said, "I know I've got a lot to offer when it comes to challenges and hurdles that people are going to meet." Because I've been there and I've made a few mistakes in the past, and with mistakes there
0: are consequences. You know what the problem is is it should not come down to you having to spend ten or eight years in jail for, for killing someone to make you go, hmm, maybe I've been doing life wrong. But the well, idea You should have that shit figured out by now. <laughs> yeah, and why the... should someone have to die for you to realise that you've done the wrong thing. Your fucking time is done, man. You can't help people. You can't yeah. help yourself. Yeah, that this idea that... And there's been a lot of players that have
1: done stupid things and, and really bad things, and they come out and they're like, oh, I want to teach the younger players not what... And it's like, you, you no, know, you're the example that they don't need. You're the person they don't need to hear from. They need to hear from people that are actually you know, go about their lives and not get into trouble and not go to jail, and that, you know, a a, a good, decent people. They're the role models they need, not people that have, you know, literally just walked out of jail. Um, And I just couldn't believe that anybody would write that
0: article. I didn't mind it when um, Todd Carney said he wanted to do something and and give back to the community and try and make sure that kids didn't go down the path he went down. Okay, that I don't mind. Carney never went to jail. He didn't kill anyone. Worst thing he ever did was drink his own piss and smash in a Telstra store. I don't know if there's anything else he did that was worse than that. Light his own farts. Todd was a dickhead on the piss. You know, so if he can help say, you know what, don't get drunk as often and and be a dickhead like I was, because this is what will happen. Fair enough. He can get in there and get to them before they do something stupid, like get pissed and bash someone and kill them. I don't mind that avenue, but yeah, I do agree. The people who need to be out there setting them, you know, teaching these young kids what to do and what not to do are people like Wayne Pierce's. Yeah. You know, live a clean life, do the right <clears> thing. You don't need alcohol, you know. Be smart about the way you do things. That that makes sense. Yeah, because
1: like, look, you want good examples, as you said. In, yeah, and look, in life you, you're going to make mistakes because no one's perfect. But I just think that sometimes the people that are put forward to be an example are the wrong example.
0: Like they okay. like. Remember when Ben Cousins was going to do it in the AFL? Yeah, just, <laughs> just ridiculous. Absolutely They're making ridiculous. the same mistakes after doing it.
1: And there's plenty of people in the game that like oh, yeah. you can learn from. Like I have, I think of someone like even a Robbie Farah, like Robbie Farah hasn't really done anything. You know, terrible or it during his whole career. Um, you know, he's he's tried to build things away from football. Um, and, and you know, you've got to hear from the good people, the good examples, and and I just think that uh, you know, this idea that we're gonna put a bunch of young players in front of Craig Field to learn examples, it's just to me, it's. It's
0: fucking outrageous. Well, especially That's... with ninety nine point nine percent of humans and are gonna go through their entire lives and not kill anyone. Yeah, there is that. They're gonna say, okay, you know, don't get drunk and kill people never you know, everyone in the room's gonna go you know, <laughs> when, you know I'm pretty safe, I'm not gonna do that. They're like, wait, you're talking too quick. Don't kill
1: people. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's so silly. It's it's ridiculous. And and for the, you know, it's dumb that he thinks that he's going to be able to not just, you know, it's dumb that he thinks he's going to provide support that people want. But he's deluded thing. enough to think that he can actually help. But here's the thing. Would you be totally shocked
1: if he was not, like, I think he will be, there'll be some club somewhere out there that will say, you know what, he'd, he'd be good as a, a, and I'm not saying NRO level. I'm talking about lower level club in the bush or something where they'll say like, oh, yeah, we could get him on as a coach. you know? I doubt it.
0: You reckon? I doubt it. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. Because I don't think he's been doing anything with rugby League for a few years anyway before that incident happened. Yeah. I I don't think he'd be (laughs) sought after. Um, Because a lot of them are going to want people who are going to draw players to the club, not someone who had a troubled career at the least, let alone what happened after he left the NRL. Yeah. He's not a draw. And so, yeah, I don't think he's... I don't think anyone would want anything to do with him. I will just steer clear of him. I'm just um, at a point where I wouldn't be shocked by anything at this stage. Ah, true. I mean, But as you said, the most sickening thing about this is that staff writers... Yeah. ...decided to pursue this as a story purely because there's not much else going on. And I think the biggest issue I had is, which I think we also need to discuss, is the fact that the headlines said ex-NRL star. Mm. And I think we need to discuss, you know, what you need to have achieved in your career in order to be regarded as an ex-NRL superstar, an ex-NRL star and an ex-NRL player. Because I mm. find too many players are labeled as former superstars and former stars. And yet they probably played like seven games. So for three years, you yeah, know, that's not a star.
1: Yeah, look, I, I get that. I think that that ship sailed, though. I think that there's all sorts of areas in life where that's brought up. Like, if you think of, uh, like, you'll see former TV star jailed or something, and then you look and they they were on, like, Neighbours once, you know? Yeah. And they <laughs> they were holding an envelope in the back. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, it, You know. It, that's the thing. Uh, it, it seems to be really prevalent in sport, not just <laughs> regularly, but in sport. Yeah. And... I'd I'd like to see I'd like to see it pulled up a lot more. Yeah. Um so I was thinking, you know, for superstar, it needs to be someone who's actually played international football for more than one season. That would be a good marker. So maybe three years? Three years of international footy, I'd say that's a superstar. Yeah. Two years of international footy or one year could be a star. Mm. Um the rest is just NRL player. Okay.
1: I'd be up for that. Former NRL player. Remember there was, I think there was a, a guy that was done. I can't remember. I my I can't remember, but I feel like it was a domestic violence incident. And they were saying former New Zealand warrior. And he had had a trial for the warriors. I remember
0: that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like it, it it happens a lot. And it's, it's, you know, I mean, it's, misrepresenting a situation and it's doing it to get its clickbait. And yes, it's clickbait. doing it to get clickbait during terrible times in people's lives. And I, I talking about the
0: victims, you know. Yeah. And look, I understand that clickbait is something that's not going away anytime soon. But the problem yeah. with clickbait is is as more and more people become aware of it mm-hmm. and understand it, it loses its initial Value, yeah, to the point where people stop trusting media completely. Yeah, like we still, even those of us like myself who are sceptical of a lot of what goes on in the media, you still have to watch it every now and then for the bits of facts that they do spit out that are important. Mm-hmm. Problem is, you've got to go and sort through all the other bullshit to get there. But the more and more that they rely on clickbait in order to get their eyes and their clicks, the more and more they Um, eat away at the trust of the reader to the point where people will just stop reading it altogether. And then what are you going to do? You're going to get more and more extreme with your clickbait. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like lying. Every time you tell a lie, you've got to tell another lie in order to make the first lie seem accurate. But each lie has to get bigger and more extravagant to cover up all the lies before it. Same goes with clickbait. Each clickbait thing has to get more and more clickbaity in order to keep getting the clicks. At yeah. the point, you just it gets out of control and you're not talking yeah. facts anymore. You're just talking bullshit.
1: And that's why you see a lot of them, the, the media outlets, especially in Australia over the last couple of years, where they have gone from... In, in Because they it's very difficult for them to put out and out lies out there because they can get sued. And they have been sued by people that were already rich before they sued them. Um, but they they they've sort of changed tack to where they will get some of the people that work for them to say something outrageous and then they report on the outrageous thing that person said and then they they report on the um the way that people have reacted to that outrageous thing and mm. so they sort of generate their own media from within and then that's not news either. That's
0: right. <clears throat> yeah. That that bullshit happened as well during the week. I'm then Look, I'm going to say, I wouldn't be surprised if it was Dean Ritchie. Because <laughs> I've got a feeling he's covered quite a few stories about Craigfield in the past. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if he went there. Um, He, he loves a, a good retribution story. He won't talk about good things that are actually happening in football. He waits until someone's done something really fucking horrid, and then he tries to do a good story about them after that. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah, I I don't get it. I, like,
1: part of me thinks that it's because they don't know how to talk about football. Well, that's like, fact. Yeah, you know, like how many of them do you ever see sit down on one of these shows and like I don't watch them anymore. But you would see them sit down on a show and actually talk about the football. They they just don't. They talk no. about anything except the football. Like it's, I mean, can you imagine if you and me sat down to do this and any time we went to talk about football, I, I changed the subject and started talking about like rumours or, you know, or things that have happened off the field that don't have anything to do with football. It'd be really weird, but they make a living out of it.
0: Yeah. Parasites.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, parasites. it's very strange. I, I, I don't understand it. I, I don't. You know, that's why I don't read their shit. I just couldn't believe, I saw somebody tweet that headline out and I was like, hey, are you fucking serious? And read it and
0: it was like, oh man, you know, I can't believe someone would write it. No. Um, there's something else before we get on to another issue that I thought of. Uh, I saw there was a tweet by the International Rugby League a day or two ago. Mm-hmm. And they were asking people for to, you know, for questions, because I think someone who's running the International Football League was going to a- try and answer them. Yeah. I was wondering if you did you get around to asking them a question, or did you not see it? I
1: saw it. I was going to ask a question, but I thought they're just not going to answer any questions that are difficult. They're just not going to. So why bother?
0: That's a that's a fair comment. Mm. Should we should we go through and see if we can answer any of them? Yeah, I'm up for that. Let's see what All questions right. come up. Yeah. Um, let's see where was it? Ask the IRL. Here we go. There's only 36 replies. <laughs> let's see what we've got here. Um, James Cheeseman, he said, "Is the Commonwealth Championship being played this year? Eh. How many countries are signed to make the IRL a member of the G A I S F? That's the something international sports accord." Yeah. Um, if it is if the sports accord is dissolved, what is the next plan? That's a good question. Why does the IRL have the Middle East Africa when every other sport has Africa and the Middle East, uh, mostly in Asia? Yeah, that's another good question. Yeah. Um, don't think they'll get any answers to those. Um, AK15 says, when the World Cup cancellation behind us and hopefully no more major COVID interruptions, is the full calendar due to be published anytime soon? There's a lot of people asking about the full calendar.
1: Well, I remember the last time they put out a full calendar and it was just games that involved Great Britain, Australia and New Zealand. Yeah. That was the last
0: one that I ever saw. Um, Yeah, lots about there for a full calendar. Uh, Steve Mitchell asks, any plans in future for a biennial or every four years European Championship tournament? I think they've already got one.
1: Well, the thing is that, like, we should have one in the Pacific and one in Europe, and they should be pretty high profile, you know? Oh, well, um, yeah.
0: And they're not. They're just not. No. And we need to be, you know, one, the one thing the International Rugby leagues needs to be doing is organising to get these international games properly televised. Yeah. Either if it's not on TV, then at least on their own website. Yeah. Not through Facebook, not, th- not via mobile phones, not through YouTube. Phone,
1: yeah <laughs>
0: Come on. Surely they've got enough to afford to buy two cameras. You don't even need a commentator, just two cameras. We can watch it. We can sort it out for ourselves from there. Yeah. Um, someone else asked, can we get confirmation that the World Cup nines in 2023 is going ahead? Um, an update on the Olympic bid, an update on the court case with the Tongan Rugby League yeah all of that would be good i'd yeah. uh
1: nines rugby league man they just they wheel it out every so often and they make a big deal out of it and then they just completely ignore it.
0: It's very weird how they use rugby league nines um i think and, they should if if they're serious about mm-hmm. trying to get into the um the international arena mm-hmm. as far as getting sorry international recognition for the game on its own not with Rugby Union, then they need to work on the World Cup Nines purely to get it involved in Commonwealth Games and the Olympic Games that'll be in Brisbane in what was it twenty one seventy
1: four or whatever it is. Yeah, when is that? I think it's twenty thirty two. Does that make sense? That's that's like that's another lifetime away. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure that that's when uh, isn't that when the West Tigers were supposed to hit their their window
0: their premiership window oh know, no that's that, that's when right? the that's when the new era begins
1: yeah yeah but um yeah look ninth ninth rugby league i can understand why they wouldn't get into anything with it because any sports organization that looks at it would say look you, you just haven't been playing it yeah. so why would we just allow you to come in like it's just something you just don't actually play yourselves um, but not you're right. Knights Rugby League is the vehicle to get into a lot of different things,
0: and we don't use it at all. No, it's, it's ridiculous. They would really it should be. Um, Davin Lang asks, can we get a four-year international schedule with 10 to 12 internationals for each top 12 or so nations? And he's put together a list of what he suggests. Yeah. Um, so he's got here, just open it up now, 2025, the Rugby League World Cup. 2026, New Zealand and Australia tour England and France. The European Cup, including Ireland, Wales, Scotland, Jamaica. Pacific Cup, including Tonga, Samoa, Fiji, PNG. 2027, the Euro and Pacific Six Nations. So the Euro has England, France, Ireland, Wales, Scotland, Jamaica. Pacific has Australia, New Zealand, PNG, Tonga, Samoa, Fiji. Mm -hmm. 2028, England, France tour Australia, New Zealand. The Euro Cup and the Pacific Cup. And then obviously, in 2029, 20, you'd have another World Cup. I
1: think you've got to be realistic, though, about commercially what some of those tours would do. Like, having having France tour Australia, it needs to be done on a pretty, pretty lean budget because France are not going to draw that many people through the gates and they're not going to be competitive against Australia. They're just not especially in Australia.
0: Um, well, after and, the Great Britain tour here a few years ago, um, that's a worrying sign for France and the like. Yeah. That Great Britain couldn't even be competitive with the island nations down here, which um, didn't surprise me so much, but I think it surprised a lot of people in England that they couldn't compete with Papua New Guinea. Um I think they probably thought they could beat Tonga. Um, so that would have surprised them as well. So I think if Great Britain, and I know there are there are a few criticisms about that team and how they were selected and their coaching and all sort of stuff, but seriously, if they believe themselves to be one of the top two nations in the world, mm. they should have been a lot more competitive than they were in that tour. Well, and it was Wayne Bennett's fault though. That's right. Um, but that was that's that's a big concern when it comes to nations like France, Ireland, Wales, Scotland, Jamaica. Um, yeah, it would be harder for them to be competitive against those nations than than what it was for Great Britain. And, and the thing about that is, if
1: that is where the game in those nations currently stands, we can't pretend that it it's not the case. You know, we it, I think that it's. Being realistic about where certain nations stand is important because it stops us from making commercial mistakes. Like, I think if you heard that England were going to do a three-match tour of Australia, let's say next year, I don't think there'd be too many people really excited about it, to be honest, because we would expect to win 3 nothing and to win very, very comfortably in those games. And I think you would struggle to get crowds to those games. So it's like, I understand wanting to have a calendar in place, but I think you've got to be really careful about how you set it out and whether it's
0: commercially viable as well. I'm wondering whether it would be worthwhile. If England was to come out, say this year, for example, Yeah, that they would play one game each against PNG, VG, Tonga, Samoa, Cook Islands, New Zealand, Australia, Queensland, and New South Wales—not in that order, but you know those teams. Mm. That way, they can get a bit of an understanding as to where they sit.
1: See, I don't and think
0: so, you—I don't think you
1: could market an international team playing Queensland or New South Wales anymore.
0: They used to be big draws, and you I could know. take it—you could take it away from the capital city, but. Because it wouldn't be seen as a full international, it's it's easier to take that to somewhere like Townsville or Wollongong or Canberra or you know anywhere you want. You can use it to try and build a you know build a big occasion with an international team outside of a capital city. Yeah. Um, whereas the internationals, you're going to want them on the on the biggest stage you can find. Yeah. So that's kind of the the thinking behind those. And you want to make sure it's a competitive fixture. You don't want to have them playing against, you know, Dubbo under-18s. They could play the Burley Bears. They could play the Burley Bears, mind you. The stifling heat might be an issue. Very true, very true. We can't have that. Play four but quarters, I'm, I'm, 23 degrees. And let me be honest, the, the Dubbo under-18s, I'm not... I'm not saying that you are not strong. I'm confident the double under-18s would win that game. Well, look, the
1: last time France came out here, they played Australia's under-20s and they got whipped. And I now, know it wasn't the full French team, but damn, I think that that was a wake-up call for French Rugby League. Yeah.
0: But, yeah, that's that's kind of – if we're going to do a tour – that's kind of the the idea I'd have in mind. It'd be something like, along those lines. Um, given that pretty much all of those teams would mostly be stopped, you know, that England would be played against by players in the NRL or in the, the Queensland Cup or New South Wales Cup, you could have the whole tour in Australia if needed be due to COVID. Yeah. And that would cut down on travel costs as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's also an option, I guess. But um, – that's the only way, if a tour is going to happen, that would be the only way to have it. You wouldn't have, you wouldn't have, even if Australia New Zealand went to England, you wouldn't have them playing against Wigan and St Helens and stuff like that. There's no point. No. You just go around on your tour and you just play international games for the whole tour and then you come home. Yeah, and that, the other thing to consider is too, like, you know, all these teams are full of
1: players that play very long club seasons and you've got to have an off-season. Otherwise, you just your players start getting those, uh, you know, those sorts of injuries where you're just breaking them down, and we don't want that in rugby league. Um, so there well, is, is, there's got to be a cap on how many tests you play at the end of a year. Oh sure,
0: and I mean you also got to make sure that there's enough players to destroy the fucking trophy at the end of the year too. Well, yeah, I mean, look, the, if you win the
1: NRL, my understanding is that you need at least three weeks to completely annihilate the
0: trophy. That's right. And if you go and play in a, uh, like a a Pacific cup tournament in the off season, Mm. that's another trophy to break. I mean, Mm. this is laborious work now. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to do it right. Basically. Yeah. Um, What else we got in here? Um, Will the world club challenge and series ever be a locked in schedule or featured by the IRL instead of being organized between participating clubs? I don't think so. No, no, I I wouldn't be shocked if the World Club Challenge never come back. Um, Are there any plans to increase the number of Tier 1 countries? Also, is there going to be payment equality between all nations? Uh, And look, that comes back to the
1: commercial issues with the game. Like, it's just obvious that if you have Australia playing against New Zealand, that game is going to generate more money than a game between Tonga and Fiji. And that's not anything against the Tonga and Fiji players. Like, I'd actually rather watch Tonga and Fiji play. But it's
0: just a commercial reality. Well, that's right. So I don't know what they do about that. But they've got to try and get international footy uh, out on a global market, I guess. Make, Make everyone around the world be able to see it. And the easiest way to do that is stream it through your website. Yeah. And the good thing you about streaming through your website is you own the footage, and you can keep the links to it there, so people can go back to your website and watch it on there instead of having to try and find it through YouTube or Facebook. Off the You've top got of all your the head, clicks on your website.
1: Off the top of your head, do you remember the International Rugby League's
0: website address? Uh, it's I N T L dot sport dot something else,
1: something like that. It's, it's stupid. Yeah. So I know somebody owns International RL. Yeah. And they'd be at, they would be willing to sell it at a price, and it's much more straightforward.
0: International RL. Well, it makes sense. It's uh, actually here it is. I n t r l Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Intral. Intral Sport. Intral used to be com or something like that. Remember a number of years. I, eu- I start getting worried when we start talking about web domains. Yeah, I'll start buying them. Yeah, you'll start going click, <laughs> click, 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 and going, oh, here we go again.
1: Remember, um, I remember years ago on Twitter, and I used to do, you know, the hashtags for the NRL games. And I I'd, I I'd, I'd just, just used the hashtag I thought was the one you used. And I'd have dork saying to me, no, this is the actual hashtag to use. And it just feels like that website address, so there was some dork that was like, well, if we want to be a proper sport, we've got to use this one. It's like, no, nah, you're fucked up,
0: son. Yeah. Um, I'm just having a look on the International Rugby League website now. Mm-hmm. And the leading news story is um, subcommittees. Oh, really? What are they making subcommittees about? How many subcommittees do you
1: reckon they've got? Oh, man. It, well, I think that they did one for game officials. Um, what other ones would that? I, I I would say three or four. There's six. Wow,
0: really? What are they all for? There's the Audit and Risk Committee, okay. the Commercial Committee, yep, the Laws Advisory Group, yep, the Medical Subcommittee, yep, the Wheelchair Rugby League Advisory Group, mm-hmm. and the Women and Girls Rugby League Advisory Group. Okay. And who, who was on these groups? Uh, I don't know. Okay. Let's have a look. They might be chaired by the same person. Wouldn't that be funny? Just Some so, boys yeah. wearing six hats. It's all the same person. <laughs> it's just one person doing it all. Um, okay. For the Audit and Risk Committee, Rion Edwards is the chair. Troy Grant is the IRL chair. Danny Kazanjian is the IRL Secretary General. Mark Martin. IRL finance manager. Emma Young is the IRL independent director. She's the independent director who works for the IRL. Independent. Yeah, yeah.
1: independent.
0: Independent. Um, The commercial committee mm-hmm. is chaired by Greg Barclay, uh, Greg Peters, Graham Thompson, Danny Kazanjian, Andrew Abdo, uh, Ralph Rimmer, and Emma Young are on that board with Charlotte Monkman, who is the secretary.
1: Which so is the New Zealand Rugby
0: League, the English Rugby League, the International Rugby League, the NRL. So there's only Australia, New Zealand, and England that are in charge of the commercial aspects. Shock, horror. And like Ralph Rumar, just look at his record. <laughs> in his teeth. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bit harsh. I swear, I swear he's still got a garden in there. Um, the Law Advisory Group. Stuart Cummings is the chair. Danny's on there as well. Graham Annersley. Ah, oh, jeez. Ruan Sims, Michael Maguire, Mackenzie Fain, Dave Rotherham, Lindsay Enfield, An- and Charlotte Monkman. Yeah, there's a few people with with several hats on. Yeah. The Medical Subcommittee. Um, the independent chair is Mick Malloy. Oh really? I, I don't think that's the uh, the Victorian comedian. I think you're wrong. I think it is him. It might be. Um, Paul Bloomfield, Chris Brooks, Nathan Gibbs, Richard Lawrence, Ed Middleton, and Richard Egan. Um, Do you reckon that all of these people get to go?
1: Like, obviously, COVID put a stop to it. But when they have a, you know, their their international meeting and they all go to Singapore. Do you reckon they, all these people get a free trip to Singapore? No. Nah.
0: you reckon only some of them do? Only some of them. Yeah. Yeah, I reckon that there's definitely some, some class classism going in, in there. Classism? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How many boards are you on? Not just one. <laughs> oh, I'm on four, so fuck you. I'm more important. Yeah, that sort of thing. Do you reckon that any of the –
1: like, every single person on the medical advisory board should be a doctor, right?
0: Well, I mean, you're bringing common sense to the party here. We can't have that. I'm sorry. I fucked up. Yeah. (laughs) You didn't. didn't. I started drastically there. I was not thinking rugby league terms. (laughs) Um, What else have we got on here? I'm a I'm a fan of loose eligibility to a degree, but is there any plans at the moment to maybe only let players switch between nations like twice or three times in career as opposed to unlimited? Currently have one switch per calendar year. Yeah, they look. It should be you. You can
1: switch once. That's enough. If you need to yeah. switch more than that, you're just
0: indecisive. How about? And I'm not I'm not saying this is a good idea. I'm putting a putting a, a poser to you. Yeah. What if you're allowed to nominate two countries you can play for? One can be a Tier 1 nation, and one can be any any nation outside Tier 1. No, I hate that idea. Yeah, because, I mean, <laughs> you could have Tom Trevojevic playing for Australia, and I think he probably qualifies for, I'm guessing, he's Serbia. Serbia. Can he play tennis? Serbia. Well, of course he could. Would he get through a game without doing his hammy, though? That's the no. question. No, 100% he wouldn't. Um. <laughs> Uh, someone else said, "Are the kangaroos scared of playing Tonga?" Yes, Probably. they're scared of playing Tonga. Yes. Um. Let's see. Uh, will we have mid-year internationals? No, not, this, we... not Not in Australia anyway. No. It's basically a lot of people asking the same question. Really? Yeah. Someone asked, can I have a job, please? Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They think that they're going to get any money out of that
0: stone. I got some bad news for them. That's right, mate. You're either in the circle or you're not. Yeah, and it's a very small circle. Yeah. There's lots of different circles there, but it's the same people in all of them. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Someone else did ask. Why is Rugby League World Cup staying branded as the Rugby League Cup 2021 when it's now happening in 2022? <laughs> I think that's a very fair question. <laughs> I
1: fucking know it is. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs>
0: um. Someone replied: same reason it was Euro 2020 in Tokyo 2020. A lot of money spent on marketing and merch, plus anything to remind the Aussies and Kiwis of their cowardly parochialism is a bonus. All right. Okay. Say that, yeah, we'll see England in the final.
1: <laughs> are they the only other team competing?
0: Oh, jeez! Yeah. Ask the English. They think they are. Okay, so if, you, if you've if you got a question for the International Rugby League, and if it's one that you want us to read out, check out the um, at I-N-T-R-L. That's the International Rugby League Twitter account. Check out the tweet on there. It was made only a few days ago. Um, And put the um, at Fergo Freak pod in there when you're asking your question, and we'll be able to see it and read them out. Yeah. What question would you ask if you had to ask a question? How much money does the IRL have and where do they get most of their money from?
1: That's a really good question. My my question would also be in terms of money. My question would be uh, how much do the top five earners at the International Rugby League make per year?
0: As in staff? yeah all
1: oh, right yeah i i want to know and i think that it's a, it's fair to know you know it's the international board there's no reason for that that to not be out there
0: well that's true um now one other question we were asked is that apparently Scotland are looking for um uh someone to run the the Scottish international rugby league comp. Mm-hmm. Um, let me just find it. Cause, um, now this was put forward by Julie. Yeah? yeah. Julie, Julie found this and she, she tagged us in there. I'm just trying to find out where it was. I'm not logged into it on my computer. Uh, my broken no. computer. Well, my broken computer has it. Here we go. Scotland rugby league. Yes. Vacancy, Scotland Rugby League are seeking to recruit a chair to lead Scotland Rugby League to deliver its strategic ambition and grow the sport both domestically and internationally. So, obviously, if we put our name forward for this, and I dare say we will. Yes. um, What are we going to do to make Scotland better than England to start with? Mm -hmm. Um, How long do you reckon that'll take? Well, what time is it (laughs) now? It's quarter to 12. Okay.
1: So, okay, first thing we do, we we focus on the important things. We sort out their jersey, okay?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's got to be all blue. Yep. And, you know, th- there's we, – we've got to add a little bit of white in there, but not yep. too much. It's mostly got to be blue. How about just a white cross across the front. We could do that. I'm up for that. That's it. Just one line down, one line across. Okay, okay. Now, with the Scottish Rugby League team, they've got a name. Do you remember what their name is? The Bastards? The Bastards. Let's change it to The Bastards.
0: It should be. The Scottish Bastards. How excited would you be if you if you're playing for an international country and you go, who are we playing against this? And you go, oh, we're playing against The Bastards. You know, oh, it'd be incredible. <laughs> You've got to put the okay, fear so in the mind sorted- of their people straight away. You need to get in the head early. We've sorted that.
1: Now, we need to name... We need to name three Immortals of Scottish Rugby League. Now, obviously, one of them
0: is Lachlan Coote. Hands down. Yeah. Um, There was a forward. Henderson. No. Played for the Titans, I believe. Uh, and the Sharks. What was his name? Forward. I can't remember. Oh, man. I'm going to have to look it up. Where are we? He's, he's, obviously, um, does Wayne Kerr get in there?
1: Oh, well, okay, so we've got Immortals, but then we've got a, a level above that. That's called the Wayne Kerr level. <laughs> you get there. Let's see. Danny Bro. Yeah, what Danny Bro's got to be in there,
0: yeah. Um, Luke Douglas. That's it, yeah, Luke Douglas. Dougie. He's a pretty good player, too. Well, there's also Dale Ferguson. I mean, he's got to get in purely on surname alone. Ferguson. I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about the fact. That, I mean, name for me a more Scottish surname than Ferguson. That's a good point. Other That's... than other than McFerguson,
1: McFerguson. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got our we've got our Scottish rugby league immortals. Now, I mean, what would you do with domestic? I mean, the first thing I would do is I would rebuild the wall between England and Scotland. We need to do that. That's just manpower issue. But then I guess well, that they...
0: first thing we do is we make the English build it. Yeah, yeah. Tell them it's for their own good. It will say it's something to do with Brexit. Yeah, exactly. They'll, they'll, they'll be
1: all keen over Although, is there anyone left in England that can build a wall? I know they don't <laughs> have anyone to drive their trucks.
0: Just That's Poland, they'll do it for
1: them. Yeah, yeah. Polish Polish people are fucking industrious people. Get them over on some visas. Um, and, and so we've got the wall rebuilt, and then we start looking at all of the big cities in Scotland, of which there's two. Yeah.
0: Well, well, you know, we're going to use Rugby League to make them have more than just two big cities. Okay. Where's the other one going to be? We're going to make this place so goddamn impressive because of rugby league that yeah. people are going to be wanting to live all over the place. Yeah. So we need we need a centre in the north, the south, the east, the west.
1: Okay. Now, I think that most of Scotland is, is a windswept, barren wasteland of nothingness. But That's you've true. got to start somewhere. That's right. I, I mean, also, it's still, still well, got more going for it than Wales at this point.
0: <laughs> we'll get to Wales in a sec. If we can, if we, if we're successful with Scotland, then Wales will come crawling up to us, and they'll want us to look after this game as well. Yeah. Um. So Inverness in the north. Okay. Yep. Aberdeen and Dundee, they're on the uh, the east coast, mm-hmm. northeast, southeast. Glasgow, obviously, in the south. Mm-hmm. We just need a place on the west. Okay. It's a rather uh, inhospitable area. We need to build a city. Just showing what we've got out here. There's the Isle of Mull. Um, can can it. we have can we have a team,
1: and it's called the Smiths. The Smiths. They're, they're
0: based at at Loch Ness, so they're the locksmiths. Sure, why not? I'm 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 fine with that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> the locksmiths. Um. Just trying can we, to see what we've got here. Can we have
1: a coat of arms that has Sean Connery's face on it?
0: Sean Connery or... What, hang on. We're we going with young Sean Connery or older bearded Sean Connery? Um, I, We would have to do a survey
1: and find out, like... <laughs> I won't say that. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No, fuck it. Let's do a survey. We'll do a scientific survey. Yeah. And we'll find out um, what is the ideal moisture level that is provided by the different levels of Connery. Like, is it the younger one? Is it the younger Sean Connery? Or is it the, the more distinguished, older Sean
0: Connery? The, the old gent?
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay. That sounds good.
0: Now, It'll be um, like,
1: a, I guess they've got the things, you know, they, they do the... Um, horse racing and they, yep. they say well, what the track is. It's like, it's a it's heavy track or whatever. Ah, like it's a heavy five. Yeah. Yeah. So All like pressure. you might find that like, um, Dr. No, Sean Connery, it's a, it's a heavy five. <laughs> and then you have to go with that.
0: that that's workable. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we've got Inverness, Aberdeen, Dundee, Glasgow. We can put a team at Edinburgh. Yeah. Um, we could have one at Perth. It's a bit close to Dundee, but it's it's all right. Why not? Why not? Um. So we've got we've got a few teams there. One, two, three, four, five, six. Kind of it'd be good to have two more.
1: I don't know. I think six is enough. And you've got to like because what are we doing straight away? We're looking to build a national competition.
0: Yeah. Fair enough. Let's do that. Okay. Well, though we could go a bit further south, put one that's down near um down near the border, just just to keep the English scared. And what could you what would you call them? The border dwellers or something? Well, you put one on Lockerbie. The that's, barbarians. That's getting pretty. Well, you just they could just be the um the arseholes maybe. No, <laughs> arseholes is not really a Scottish term. No, no. Bastards is pretty good, so we've got to work with something around that.
1: The the border savages. bastards, the border, they're the savages. And and so we've got the we've got the national competition sorted out. Now, what are we doing internationally?
0: So we're going to. I think what we need to do is we need to have um, let's let's play internationals against the other United Kingdom nations. Mm-hmm. But the ones that matter, so Ireland, Scotland, uh, obviously will be in there. Wales, um, and then throw in some other European teams like France. Mm-hmm. Um, why don't you know, get, get Serbia involved? Let's try and prop them up and get them prominent. Greece and Italy, they're on the move up. Let's work with them. Lebanon, that's a pretty strong European nations competition there. Yeah, got all to. of the top teams in that whole European region. The important ones, the ones that Mm. actually matter. Yeah. So we put all them in there and um, hopefully by doing that, we can improve all of the local competitions as well. Mm -hmm. And perhaps you could start a player transfer system amongst all those nations too. That would be good. So then you've got the creme de la creme in each competition, helping out everywhere else around. And we can actually have a genuine, you know, Superb League I don't know what else you'd call it Superb League
1: Yeah, Superb League We'd have to set up three different governing bodies to run this though
0: Well, we're going to have the Scottish Rugby League, us Yes The European Superb League, which will be yep. us Yep And, I don't know, the Financial League, which Nadine can run that Yeah, yeah, that sounds yeah. like a plan Would she be our boss or would we be hers? I think that answers itself. She'll be our boss. Yeah. <laughs> so, there we've got it sorted. Yeah. Um, I think... Every four years, we'll make sure that we get drawn in pool A with um, Australia mm-hmm. and England. Can we be outrageously confident as well? Like, can we talk shit like other. Um... Oh, we have to. Problem is, though. Yeah. When we talk shit, um, obviously with a Scottish accent. It can be a bit hard for some people to understand, so we might have to get Connery on, legitimately on the payroll, because he has done a few elocution lessons He's got to do the talking shit for us, so that people can understand it. <laughs> now there's going to be an I, issue. I don't know with if you I, I, <laughs> I mean this in the kindest possible way. I don't know if you've ever heard um, a, a drunk Scotsman talking. It, it's uh, it's interesting.
1: They they sound less fucking. Well, put it this way: you can barely understand them in the same way. You just cannot understand Jamie Peacock. Peacock, like, it's like, what the fuck is this person saying? It's just gibberish. Doesn't make um, sense.
0: I've, I've I've known quite a few Scottish people in my time uh, from different parts of the of Australia, and obviously some around the world as well. Mm-hmm. And they're all brilliant humans. And uh, some of them are even funnier when they're pissed. Probably because I don't know what they're saying. But they're having a great time, so, you know, who gives a shit? <laughs> I,
1: I don't I don't think I've known too many Scottish people ever. Oh, mate, they're
0: fucking brilliant, man.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's going to be difficult to get Sean Connery to do
0: uh, anything for us because he's dead. Yeah, but you can, just, you can just get old footage and stuff like that. Okay. We'll use deep
1: fakes and stuff like
0: that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. People okay. know his voice. Yeah. You just say, no, he didn't die. I liked his Russian someone, accent we,
1: in the Humphrey in October.
0: It was uh, spot on. Absolutely. Or we can get Chris there to do the 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 talking. Who's that? I think he might be Irish.
1: Yeah, who cares? <laughs> same same, same thing. fucking thing. Um we could get three hundred. <laughs> he's he'd probably need a job, three hundred, you remember him? <laughs> oh Gerard Butler.
0: Yeah, three hundred. Yeah. He's uh he's brilliant. Every time he tries to speak like an American, he just talks really slow. Yeah, (laughs) he nails it. He goes, yep, just say four words and no more in your sentence. (laughs) (laughs) No one will pick up the accent. There you go. I think that we've got this sorted out, Scottish Rugby League. Yeah, we've got your back. Yeah. And the plan is to make you the most prominent rugby league nation in all of the United Kingdom. And to crush your enemies, Mm. driven before you. Absolutely. Hey, Apart from Wales. Wales has already done. You know what I reckon we should also do? What? Is play one game every year
1: mm-hmm.
0: against England. And for yeah. every time we win a game,
1: mm-hmm.
0: we make England move the uh, Hadrian's Wall another one kilometre further south. <laughs> brick by brick, yeah. Brick by brick. Plain. And every four years, we play another game against them. So they've got four years to move that wall. Yeah. I think and that only that's only Super League officials and RFL officials and Finance Committee uh, officials are allowed to move the wall. That's not going to be the players' be responsibility. It will never get moved. If that's the case, oh, it has to, because if they don't do it, Scotland then gets to legally take ownership of all of English rugby league's financial, uh, whatever that it is they've got that's financial.
1: Uh, they've got a vending machine and for who- a I wonder who controls the vending machine, by the way. Um, Papa John's? No, no. You know how they've got the three three governing bodies now? Oh, want, yeah. Actually, does, who...
0: does that mean they're now going to pick up an extra few vending machines? Maybe they do. Maybe they do. <sighs> oh, boy.
1: You know what we'll do? We'll wait until they've got this third governing body going, right? And then we'll send a letter to each of the three governing bodies and see how far apart they actually are. I bet they're all in the same building.
0: <laughs> I bet they're all in the same chair.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like what the International Rugby League used to be. It was like send a send a letter to the ARL in the International Rugby League and <laughs> see who you have to send it to. It's both the same place. Give it a
0: week. We'll research that and find out. I'm sure yeah. we'll be all right.
1: Yeah, so I think that we can really move Scottish Rugby League to new places. The Scotland Bastards. The Scot... Yeah, that'd be great. The Bastards. I bet Scottish people would love that if they had a national team called the Bastards. I
0: know, I would. Yeah, it'd be great. If Scotland doesn't want it, then I want Australia to adopt the Bastards instead of the Kangaroo. Well, what if we changed all of the international teams?
1: What would we call them? Like, what would Australia be called? mongrels the australian mongrels mongrels? i don't know mongrel does sound like a rather aussie term it does doesn't it yeah no you know what it would be the australian cunts
0: that's well that's actually that's pretty true yeah
1: what would you call england um (laughs) i can't i can't call them what i'd call them (laughs) (laughs) um wines the wines yeah, Winges soaped. English soap dodgers. Ah, uh,
0: soap dodgers is a bit harsh. Exactly, soap dodgers it is. What would you call? Well, actually, I say soap dodgers. Then is just a bit wordy. <laughs>
1: okay. you know, wh- the whiners, the wh- English whiners. Yeah. Then what would you call Wales, personally?
0: Who? The irrelevance. <laughs> Um no, I'd stick with dragons. Okay. How about because because of what we've experienced with the dragons in the NRL. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Makes sense. Uh, So France, you've just got to call them the cocks, don't you? Absolutely. Yeah, can't can't go past that. No. Um the Serbia would call them the Novaks.
0: I, I reckon the, the the players of Serbia would be above that. And besides, they've got the team called the Mad Squirrels. We've got to give it a bit more than that. That's true.
1: What about the really Mad Squirrels? <laughs> That's the, the p- step up. The pissed squirrels. The postal yeah. squirrels. Fucking angry squirrels.
0: Yeah. Um, postal squirrels.
1: Well, I guess maybe we could call the the Australian team the um, Quakers
0: Mad Quakers. Yeah. Yeah. What do you call Serbian New Zealand? The... New Zealand? The Mad Kiwis? Mad Kiwis? No. Just call everyone Mad. <laughs> Done with it. Those, those cute little birds, you can't call them Mad. So they're pretty rare. They can't be too Mad. You'd call, you'd just call PNG the Papua New
1: Guinea. Oh fuck! Because <laughs> they're just beating the crap out of you. <laughs> the sledgehammers. Yeah. <laughs> Fiji, you'd just call them the Fijian wingers, because they're all just, <laughs> you know, wingers. Um, what would you call Tonga? You'd call Tonga, like, uh, what would you call them? Uh, mm. Tonga. Brutes? Yeah, because they're all sort of got, like, think about, to- I, I've always said Tongans are built perfectly for rugby league. They've just got the perfect frame for rugby league. Oh, yeah. Um. Uh, I don't know. What'd you call Tonga?
0: Tumalolas.
1: The Tomalos. <laughs> yeah. And then <laughs> Samoa. What would you call Samoa? Hmm. Samoan. It'd it'd be like, what if we changed their entire name? It's like the some- the Samoa slash Mount Druid something.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> rebels Yeah, the,
0: rebels. the rebels
1: Who else have we got left? America America the, the, Well, the Americans, it'd have to be the uh, It'd have to be the United States Zippers Because they're always coming apart
0: <laughs> Splitting That's a good one um, Canada Yeah uh,
1: Canada? What would we call Canada?
0: Can we go with Bears? I guess we could. It has
1: been a cursed name in rugby league, though. Well, Russia? Oh, well, Russia is the Bears, aren't they? Yeah. Could call them the, like, uh, I don't know, I guess there's polar bears in Russia.
0: Yeah. I was going to say something, Veto. I don't want... Vladimir coming after me, so I'll just get it to myself.
1: you were going to call them the wonderful people
0: yeah that's right the the lovely um the lovely vladimirs the Russian I'm ready for our new overlords yeah well vladimir gets the russia Russian vladimir gets my vote <laughs> I, love <laughs> <Everyone> how, <say. laughs>
1: I love how there's certain countries where they've only got like a handful of names, and Russia's one of them. Like there's it, it, for for male names, there's like five different male names. It's great.
0: <laughs> yeah, but they don't want to confuse any or overwhelm anyone when it comes to naming their kids. It's just brilliant. Yeah, Here's your I'll... list. <laughs> Pick one. So yeah,
1: we we should just basically run international rugby league overall.
0: Absolutely. Um, I I think. Well, we've basically done it, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. I think we've so, just finished the podcast. It seems like we've just well, we've, I mean, we've we've sorted out international rugby league, so there's not much else left to do, really, is there? That's true. to start well, at the top. Start at the top. We've got everything else sorted out after that. All right. So, if you want to check us out on the uh, on the podcast, you. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at Fergo Freak Pod. We're on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, um, MySpace. Um, so check us out on all of those. Give us likes, follows, subscribes, all that sort of stuff. That would be fantastic. Um, make sure you give us a five-star rating and a review on your podcast listening device. And once you've done that, we'll read it on the podcast and we'll add it up onto the website, Freaky. Yeah, which is fergonthefreak.com. Go there, send us an email. Yes. I'm sure there's an absolutely overwhelming number of emails there already. We'll get round to those sometime soon. Yep. Yep. Done. Um and I think that's it, isn't it? Yeah it is. Yeah. Too easy. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Hope you enjoyed the episode and we'll catch you all later.